Thank you for listening to the New Life Church podcast. If you need any information about our church or if you'd like to give online, please visit us at newlifekingman.com. Okay, I need everybody to do something to help me out here this morning. Uh, I need you to all laugh. Uh, that was pretty weak. I have, I have some Christmas jokes, and I'm going to go through them pretty fast so that we don't hear groans but only laughs. Okay, so somebody say, I'm ready. What do you, what do you call a kid who doesn't believe in Santa? A rebel without a clause. Why shouldn't you mess with Santa? Because he has a black belt. Duh. <laughs> Why was Santa's little helper depressed? Because he had low self-esteem. <laughs> Come on. What do you call an obnoxious reindeer? Rudolph. <laughs> How do sheep in Mexico say Merry Christmas? Whoops. Hold for that. Feliz Navidad. Why is Christmas just like your job? You do all the work and the fat guy with the suit gets all the credit. Uh, you guys did good. Thank you. Uh, Christmas is only a few days away, and so what we're doing the rest, the remainder of this service, and hopefully through the next days, is remembering what Christmas is all about. We have a Savior, and His name is Jesus. Our text this morning is very popular at Christmas time. It's Luke chapter 2, verse 8 through 14. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, the angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone round around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. Say, That's me. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find the babe wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Isn't that a great story? It's even better because it's true, a true story. And it has impacted 
our lives. We're going to talk about the true meaning of Christmas. And to do that, I want to start and begin this message by talking about something we may not always think about a lot during Christmas time, but it is a very important point, and you'll see what I mean as we get into it, but it's this. Jesus didn't did not begin in Bethlehem. He was born on the first Christmas, but he had been around a long time before that. Amen. Like before time. And so we're going to look at Jesus before Bethlehem. Amen. Micah chapter 5 and verse 2 says, But you, Bethlehem Ephrathah, Though you were a little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of you shall come forth to me the one to be ruler in Israel, whose goings forth are from of old, from everlasting. You see, Bethlehem wasn't Jesus' beginning. It was just his birth. And I know that's kind of a psych job, but listen... His birth as a baby was his beginning as a person on earth, but he was always somebody Amen. with a capital S before he was born. He was God, always has been, always will be. Tell somebody always has been, always will be. <laughs> Revelation 1 verse 8, this is Jesus speaking. I am the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, says the Lord, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. It was Jesus who created everything. And John's gospel tells us about this. It begins, the beginning of John's gospel points this out to us in verses 1 through 3, and then I'm going to skip to verse 14. It says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him nothing was made that was made. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glory of, as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Amen. You see, this morning we need to know this. Jesus is the one who created everything. Amen. He was the Word. He is the Word that spoke everything into existence. The earth, the sun, the moon, the stars, the galaxies, uh, that was Jesus the Word that spoke, and to get an idea of how awesome Jesus is, we need to think about how incredible and how big His creation is. In Isaiah chapter 40, verse 26, tells us, look up into the heavens. Who created all the stars? He brings them out like an army, one after another, calling each by its name. Because of his great power and incomparable strength, not a single one is missing. You see, it was Jesus 
who spoke and all the stars came into being and he named every single one of them. Now, doesn't that blow your mind? All of us have at some time or another been outside, maybe out in the desert or somewhere where there was low light and you could see up on a clear night all of the stars and, and some of us have even tried counting. I, I usually try to count by the billions. One billion, two billion, three, no. But we've all done that. You just lose track. It's impossible for us to count them, isn't it? Because it's so vast and so incredible. Just in our uh, own galaxy, the Milky Way, you know, they say that there are some 200 billion stars in the Milky Way alone. It's believed that there are some 80 or more than 80 billion galaxies in the universe. Our galaxy, 200 billion stars, 80 billion galaxies. That carried the two. That's a lot of stars. And so the one we're talking about this morning is the one who spoke and this was created. Amen. He spoke and this was created. He spoke and this was created. He's God. He's the one who spoke the galaxies and our own earth into existence. And it kind of gives us an idea of how big and powerful and awesome he is. Our earth and everything that is created on earth, he originally spoke and it was created. The oceans, the rivers, the creeks, the mountains, the fields, the deserts, the rocks, the grass, the trees. Ultimately, he is the one who created the tree that he would be hung on and be killed. He's amazing. Now tell yourself or tell somebody he's amazing. We have to think about this to get an idea of what Jesus gave up to come here. Who he was before Bethlehem. The Bible says again that he is the one whose goings forth were from of old, from everlasting, the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, who is, who was, and who is to come, the Almighty. His name is Jesus. Shout out Jesus. Jesus. And this is God. God allowed himself to become a baby. Isaiah had prophesied about this some 700 years before Jesus was born, and in Matthew chapter 1, verse 23, it quotes the scripture, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. And so when we remember Christmas, we have to remember 
who he was, who Jesus was before Bethlehem. He wasn't, he didn't begin in Bethlehem. His uh, uh, humanity began in Bethlehem, but he always was. He always will be God himself. God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and the Son came to earth, allowed himself to be born as a baby. God became a baby. It's an incredible story. It's a true story. Now tell yourself, it's a true story. Let's take a moment and look at Jesus in Bethlehem. Now I want you to again think about everything that he gave up to come here. It's incredible. You think about him, the one who spoke the worlds into existence, allowing himself to become a baby. With all the vulnerabilities of a child. Now, I admire missionaries. They, uh, they leave their home countries to go into another culture that's not always as comfortable, not always has the uh, safety that they're used to. Uh, I lived as a missionary in Kenya and in Malawi, Africa. Uh, I always I had a nice place to live, decent house in both countries. Uh, was able to drive a, a decent and dependable vehicle with four-wheel drive to help get out of places that I needed to get out of at times. Uh, that was nice. But there was some danger that I experienced uh, probably four or five times I escaped out of mob situations. I had one memorable experience on Christmas Day in 1995. That afternoon, Christmas Day 1995, I'll never forget it because I got malaria. <laughs> memorable Christmas. Being a missionary can be hazardous to your health. There's some danger and sacrifice that's involved. But listen, it is nothing even remotely comparable to what Jesus left to come to earth. It really is too much for us to comprehend or understand. He had never been hungry. He had never been lonely or sad. He had never faced temptation. And we really do need to begin to think about these things. He had never been hot or cold. He had never been tired or sleepy. Have you ever thought about how exhausted Jesus must have been uh, as he was with the disciples in the boat going across the Sea of Galilee and the storm comes up. It's rocking the boat back and forth. Water's filling the boat uh, and uh, the disciples actually have to come and wake him up. Jesus, we're gonna go down. They have, he must have been incredibly exhausting, exhausted to have been able to sleep through that. I don't believe he was faking sleep. I think he was genuinely exhausted and had to be woken up. And then when he woke up, everything was okay because he said, peace, be still. He's good, isn't he? Say, he's God who became a man. And everything he did on earth was as a man 
through the Holy Spirit. Jesus had never been misunderstood. He had never been disliked. He had never been rejected. In Isaiah chapter 53 and verse 3, prophesying about what he was to experience, it says he was hated and rejected. His life was filled with sorrow and terrible suffering. No one wanted to look at him. We despised him and said, he is a nobody. Now seriously, can you imagine this? The one who spoke the galaxies into existence, the one that our very breath depends on, was called a nobody. All that Jesus left behind to come here really is too much for us to take in. It's too incredible. We will never fully understand at least this side of eternity. Max Lucado said some some, uh, telling words about this and about Jesus' being born as a baby. The omnipotent in one instant made himself breakable. He who had been spirit became pierceable. He who was larger than the universe became an embryo. Now think about where Jesus was born. He was born in a barn. Now I know in the manger scenes that we have and they're displayed on cards and and the ones set up in people's yards and stuff like that, that that it it always looks kind of, you know, warm and cozy and and the animals are all calm and well-groomed and it's almost like the sheep and the horses and the cows are all smiling at the baby Jesus and... You know, that's kind of the way we see it. But I don't think that's how it was. I've been around some barns. A lot of you have been around some barns. Barns are not usually warm, cozy, tidy, sterile, and serene. I've cleaned some out. There's stuff in barns. And we have to consider this. The the King of Kings... And the Lord of Lords was born in a barn. Now, as I was typing these notes, I had to pause. As I was putting this together, I had to pause and take a moment and just thank him. And so I'm going to ask you to join me in that right now and thank him. Let's do that. Lord, we do praise you. Thank you. Thank you for what you've done. Thank you for coming. Thank you for living. When Jesus was born as a baby, he wasn't faking it. And what I mean by that is there are some people who I think that they kind of believe his humanity was just kind of a snow job. In other words, it's, it's like this. Yeah, you know, God became a baby. Wink, wink. And so they think of him as kind of like a super baby. You know, because he was, God made a baby and a man, but so, you know, but he wasn't super baby. When Jesus got hungry, he didn't snap his little chubby baby fingers and a nice warm bottle of milk appear. In fact, the Bible tells us that his first miracle didn't even happen until he was 30 years old and began his ministry there at Cana in Galilee. 
Jesus wasn't like Clark Kent, you know, who, when an emergency happens, runs into the phone book or phone booth and <laughs> comes out Superman, you know. Have you ever wondered, like I have, why Clark Kent chose a phone booth? I think about things like that sometimes. That's why you guys need to keep praying for me. Those are the kind of things that I... I mean, a closet, wouldn't that provide a little more uh, privacy? But anyway, that aside, Jesus didn't fake his humanity. And then when somebody got sick or, or uh, needed uh, to be healed or, or raised from the dead, he didn't go jumping into his tool shed and then come out, you know, super son of God. It wasn't that way at all, was it? He was a man. He was born as a baby with all the limitations and restrictions of a baby. He was God who became a baby and then grew up into a man. Every miracle that Jesus did, he did as a man allowing the Spirit of God to move through him. Every word that he spoke, he spoke as a man directed by his Father who spoke to him. He was God who became a man, but a man who allowed himself to be completely controlled by the Holy Spirit. Amen. Jesus as a baby is beyond our ability to imagine. All of the implications and the restrictions. Listen, he had to learn to talk this is incredible. Think about it. The living Word of God had to learn to talk. Mommy. Daddy. It almost sounds sacrilegious when you're talking about Jesus. It's, it's like, ooh. He had to have his diapers changed. Now, I know some of that's... that's all, Probably shouldn't have said that, but it's true. He was born as humanity with all of its restrictions, problems, difficulties, uh, and uh, limitations. God became a baby, grew into a young boy, and then into a man, and faced all of the limitations and problems that we have, all of the temptations that we face, he faced. He didn't fake, those temptations weren't something like, uh, oh, it really didn't matter to him. In other words, he was impervious to temptation. He was only able to withstand every temptation because he stood as a man with the Holy Spirit in him that said no. He resisted everyone as a man. He was God who became a man and as a man resisted every temptation. Never did sin, the spotless, sinless Son of God, but he was also the Son of Man, lived as a man and overcame, showing us that with God helping us, we can too. Amen. It's a great story. Amen. So why did he do it? Why would he subject himself why would God subject himself to become a baby 
and to experience all that he experienced and ultimately die a horrible death. Well, we know the story, don't we? He did it because he loved us so much that he was willing to become like us to save us. In Philippians chapter 2, verse 6 and 7, it says, who being in the form of God did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men. In the same verse, in verse 7 in Philippians 2 in God's Word translation, it reads like this. Instead, he emptied himself by taking on the form of a servant. <clears throat> Isaiah chapter 53 and verse 3 again says, He was hated and rejected. His life was filled with sorrow and terrible suffering. No one wanted to look at him. We despised him and said... He is a nobody. God became a nobody so we could become somebody. Thank God. This really is too much. The greatest somebody ever made himself of no reputation, a nobody. And he did it so that we would know that he understands us. He understands how it feels to be misunderstood and mistreated and uh, to feel like nobody gets us. All of us have had times where we felt like, man, I just feels like nobody understands me. Nobody gets me. What is it? I feel like such a nobody. But, you know, Jesus became like us, became a man so that we would know that he knows. And if we know one thing about God, we must know that he understands us perfectly. He knows because he's had experience. And if you only get one thing from this message this morning, I hope you get this. He knows. Now tell yourself or somebody, he knows. He knows what it is to feel misunderstood. He knows what it is to feel lonely. He knows what it is to hurt. He understands physical and emotional pain. He understands us. He gets us. And this is what Christmas is all about. God, the eternal, the everlasting, in perfection, became a baby, grew to uh, childhood, into a man, lived and died for you and me so that we could be free and so that we could know that he knows. You know, the first time he came, he came in weakness, didn't he? He allowed himself to become weak. Can I tell you something this morning? He's not weak anymore. Amen. He rose from the dead, and he is King of kings and Lord of lords. There are those who deny him today. There are those who want to take Christ out of Christmas but listen, there's a day coming when he will not be denied. Amen. Every knee will bow, every tongue will confess, Jesus Christ is Lord. Look at Philippians chapter 2, 
verses 9 through 11. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and given him the name, which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of those things in heaven and those on earth and those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And so we are here this morning, several days before Christmas, and we are gathered here for this reason, to be able to tell him we're not waiting until that day, the day where every knee must bow, every tongue must confess that you're Lord, but today, December the 22nd, here we are at 419 Harrison Street at New Life Church, and you and I are confessing together, Jesus Christ is Lord. I want you to say, Jesus is Lord. King of kings. Lord of lords. And he's coming again. Hallelujah. He's our Savior, isn't he? He saved us. We can all know, we can know and understand that God understands us. He knows us. He knows you. We must know that he knows. Those things we wrestle with, sometimes we wonder, does anybody really understand me? Even those closest to us, sometimes we wonder, do they really know? Can I tell you something this morning? People, because we are so fallible, all of us are, may not understand, may not totally get, hey, I don't even get me. But I know someone who does. And his name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. And you know what? This is what Christmas is all about. God revealing himself to us. And thank God he did. Can you say amen? amen? Praise God. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes. No one looking around for a moment, we're going to pray. Before we do, and across this building, maybe you came to this place and you've never asked Christ to come into your life. You've never asked him to forgive you of your sins or at one time or another, maybe as a child you did, but you kind of walked and went on. And, and did your own thing for years and years, or you're just not where you should be with God today. No one looking around for just a moment. If you would just, with your heads bowed, eyes closed, you say, you know what? I want to know the Christ of Christmas. I want to know his forgiveness afresh today. And nobody looking around for a moment, that's your desire. You want to be included in this closing prayer. You just, as heads are bowed, no one looking around, just slip your hand up and by that indicate your desire. God bless you. Bless you. God bless you. I see your hand. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Honest hearts, honest lives. Praise God. He's so good. He wanted to reveal himself to us, and he's doing that today. Thank God. Praise God. Let's all stand. <clears throat> We're going to pray a prayer together this morning. 
uh, at the conclusion of this prayer, if you raised your hand for the first time, if you wouldn't mind coming up here in the front, we're going to have some people here to, to pray with you and just to meet you. If this is your first time, please do that after we've prayed. But today we're going to all join together in this prayer and thank God for the reason for Christmas. Amen? Amen. Would you pray this out loud with me? Lord Jesus, thank you for coming, revealing yourself to me. Thank you for dying on the cross for my sin. I ask you to forgive me. Come and live within my heart. I dedicate my life to you. And I thank you that I understand what Christmas is all about. It's all about you living in me. And I thank you for that. In your wonderful name, Jesus. Amen. Now would you just give God praise and thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for listening to the New Life Kingman podcast. We can't wait to see you next week.